How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. This is God's word. I don't know about you, um, but it wasn't until this week, I feel like, that I really began to feel the weight of the reality of this coronavirus pandemic um, and all the disruption that it's causing. You know, I feel like for the first week or so, there was a little bit of an adrenaline rush. There was there was a little bit of, I mean, I was running to the store. I was stocking up, get, getting all the groceries I needed. Um, I was getting a stack of books ready to read and my Netflix watch list ready for the quarantine. And I was kind of ready for the days ahead. And it was, um, while it wasn't fun, it was exciting in some way. There was just, a, there was a, a big rush going on. But sometime around last Sunday afternoon for me, I feel like the adrenaline just completely wore off and the weight of the situation hit me. Um, when our online worship service was over is when it really hit me last week. Um, I got really sad. I got sad. Um, I, it, I just realized how much I miss worshiping with you all. I miss seeing your faces. I miss serving you communion. I miss putting my hand on your shoulders and praying with you. Uh, and I miss high fives and hugs in the hallway. Uh, I miss telling your kids not to run in the auditorium. I miss all those things. I just miss normal church, and it made me really sad. And I also just miss other things that I feel like I've lost in these days. I miss going to my diner on Saturday mornings. There's a diner on my block. I've got my booth, and I go to it on Saturday mornings with my Bible, and I miss that. Um, I miss going to track practice with my running club every Tuesday nights. I miss watching sports. I miss taking my kids to school. There's all these things that in a short amount of time, I feel like I've lost and it's made me sad. And as the week has progressed, I've gotten more and more texts and emails from you all saying that some of you are lonely. Some of you are afraid. Some of you are bored. And some of you are just merely frustrated or angry with the situation. Some of you in our church are already, have already told me that you're sick with COVID-19, and some of you have family members who've tested positive. Um, I know at least of one person in our church who's already lost someone they love due to COVID-19. Look, this is hard, and it's going to continue to be hard. And if this morning you're like me and you're saying in your prayers, you're like, God, I can't do this much longer. Or you're praying, you're saying, how long is this going to last? If, though, if that is the cry of your heart, then I need you to know that you're not alone this morning. The Bible is not blind to your suffering or your grief right now. And this morning, I want us to look at Psalm chapter 19, which I just read a moment ago. And it is a Psalm of David. And David wrote this Psalm at a time when, just like us, he was uncertain and he was afraid of the future. And this psalm teaches us how to lament. 
And lament is something we need to do in this time because we've all lost something and we all have something to grieve in these days. Now, what does it mean to lament? That's sort of a Bible word in some ways. I mean, that's, we don't use it in our normal language today. But lament is telling God the honest truth about how you feel while at the same time trusting that he is good. And you know, in our sort of our everyday lives, we often are tempted to grieve in two other different ways that I think are not helpful. Often we grieve by venting without hope. That's just when we release our anger on people without any sense of hope or any sense that there might be more going on than we can see. This is when we just lose it. And we just, we just vent without any hope or without any thought for what God might be doing. But another way we grieve is by suppressing and hiding our emotions. We do this by acting tough as pretending we're not as troubled as we truly are. And unfortunately, I feel like church people are probably the guiltiest of doing this. We often feel pressure to feel like we have to be happy all the time, you know, happy in the Lord and happy all the time. And we, so what we end up doing is we suppress what we actually feel. But the Bible shows us that both venting without hope and suppressing our emotions are the wrong way to grieve. And the Bible teaches us how to lament which is telling God the honest truth about how we feel while at the same time trusting in his goodness. Walter Brueggemann, one of my favorite theologians, says that church is not supposed to be the happiest place on earth. It's supposed to be the most honest place on earth. And I want us to be an honest people. And I want us to be honest during this season of pandemic because there's a lot to grieve and we need to be honest with God about what we feel while at the same time trusting in his goodness. So let's look at David's honesty this morning. Look at what he says in verse one. He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? And how long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? This is the first step to lament that I want you to see this morning, and that is that we must honestly bring our grief to God. Honestly bring your grief to God. That's the first step in lamenting. David says, how long, God? He asked that question four times. Now, that, that's how I feel right now. Is that how you feel? Like, how long is this going to last? Like, I don't know how long this is going to last. Like, how long, God, are we going to be in our homes? How long are we going to be sheltering in place? How long is this going to sort of control our lives? And, you know, if you've never read the Bible before, and you may be surprised when you read a passage like this at just how bluntly and how honestly David talks to God. How long, God, are you going to forget me? How long will you hide your face from me? Like you read that and you're like, who talks to God like that? And if you've never read, you're like, are we allowed to talk to God like that? Like, are we allowed? And, and if I, I'll be honest, though, as I read this, I'm comforted. I'm comforted by the level of David's honesty. One, because by reading David's words, I know that I'm not alone. I know that I'm not the only one who's ever felt frustrated with God or uncertain at what he's doing. So I'm, 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 I get confidence that I'm not alone, but I also get confidence when I look at, I, I'm comforted in the way that God responds. God hears David. God doesn't defend himself. God, he just listens. See, David's not struck down right after he prays this. God listens and he hears the cries of his people. 
And many of us, the reason we never pray or we never bring our grief to God is because many of us, we often think that we have to clean up our emotions and clean up our mess before we come to God in prayer or before we speak to him in any way. But time and time again in the Bible, we see people come to God just as they are with tears streaming down their faces. They don't clean up the mess before they call out to their heavenly father. They're honest with him, just like David is here. And here's the truth, church. God already knows what's in your heart right now during this season. And so you don't have to pretend. You don't have to cover it up. You don't have to put on a facade. Tell God how you feel. Sad, angry, fearful, lonely, bitter, whatever. Let him know how you feel. David says, how long, O Lord, will you hide from us? We need to be honest with God. And we need to be honest with God because almost all of us have already lost something because of this virus outbreak already. We've lost our normal routine. We've lost our favorite restaurants, at least being able to dine in at them. If you're a parent, you've lost, lost your kid's school schedule. That's been something you've had to grieve this week. In many ways, we've lost our freedom. We don't have the freedom to go out and congregate. We've lost our normal experience of church. That's been hard for me. Loss of relationships, all these things. We've lost so many things in the, midst of, in the wake of all of this. And I'm telling you today to confess that to God. Tell him that you're sad. Tell him that you're angry or depressed. Others of you, you've already lost someone that you love. Or, or some of you, you're worried that you might lose someone that you love. Be honest with your Heavenly Father about how you feel. Honestly bring your grief to God. Don't suppress it, but express it to Him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all of your anxieties, the big ones, the small ones, the ones that you think are meaningless, the ones that you think God doesn't have time for. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all of your anxieties on God because He cares for you. But like I said, we cast our cares on God, but we're not venting into a void. When we come to God, we are talking to our Creator who has authority over all creation. So the first step of lament, yes, is to be honest, truly honest about how we feel. But the second step is that we must also boldly ask for help, believing that he can intervene. Consider David's words in verse 3. He says, Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. The second stage of lament is to ask boldly for help from God and others. So what is it that you need? Are you grieving right now? What do you need? Ask God to help. I told you that the thing I've grieved over this week is sort of the loss of normal ministry. Like as a pastor, I love being with people. And I, I, I grieve that I'm not able to gather with you on Sunday mornings. I grieve that I'm not able to go to the hospital and visit those of you who are sick. And Sunday afternoon, it just hit me, like, the sadness of all of that. And so I went for a run. And as I was running down Shore Road Promenade, I just unloaded all my feelings to God in prayer. I said, God, I don't like preaching to an iPhone camera. And God, I don't like meeting with people on Zoom or Skype or FaceTime. And I don't like that I don't get to go to the hospital or visit people in their homes. I don't like that. I said, God, I hate this. And I'm sad and I'm angry and I'm frustrated. And I did that for about a half hour. But then I had to make a shift. I had to finally say, God, I don't like this. You know I don't like this, but this is the situation I'm in. And I need your help to be the best online pastor that I can be. I don't know how to do this, 
but help me do this to the best of my ability by the power of your spirit. God, yes, I'm sad and I'm angry, but I need your help to pull me out of this and help me thrive in the midst of this. My prayer had to make that shift. And some of you today, parents, for example, yes, I know that homeschooling your kids is difficult and you did not sign up for this. But at some point, and I say this as a parent and I say this lovingly, we have to stop with all the complaining. And we have to stop with all the Instagram posts talking about how hard it is. And at some point, we have to turn our attention to God and ask for his spirit to make us more loving and joyful and peaceful and patient and kind and gentle and faithful and self-controlled during this time. Let God know that you're frustrated with this. Let God know that you're angry and sad, but you've got to pivot and you've got to move to asking God to give you the strength to do this in such a way that it blesses your children and honors the Lord. Some of you, your prayers are for healing. You may have COVID-19 and you're praying, God, I need you to heal me from this disease. Or some of you, you're afraid that you might lose someone that you love that has this. Some of you already have lost someone that you love due to this outbreak. And what you must do is you need to tell God what you need. God, I need the strength to bear this loss because I can't do it on my own. Or God, I need you to protect or heal this person in my life. And when you've told God what you need, I then encourage you to lean on one of God's greatest gifts to you. And that is his church, the people of faith in your life. The church at its best is supposed to be the group of people in your life that you can most trust to care for you in times of need. Listen, if you're struggling right now with depression, loneliness, fear, sorrow, grief, sadness, anger, whatever, if you need someone to talk to on the phone or you need someone to keep you company or you need someone to pray for you or maybe you need food or maybe you need financial assistance in this time, we as a church are here to help you. That's why we've made this form at crossroadsbrooklyn.com slash care. We want you to take advantage of that. Fill that form out so that our pastors and deacons can know what you need and so that we can lovingly, by God's grace, help meet those needs and serve you in this difficult time. See, 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says that if one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. Romans 12, 15 says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We must ask God for help in these times of trouble, but we also must lean on one of the greatest um, instruments of help that he's put in our life, which is the local church. So, so reach out. Let us help you. Let us serve you as best we can. So boldly tell God what you need and ask others for help. That's the second stage of lament. And the final stage of lament is to respond with trust and praise. I love how David finishes his psalm. And keep in mind that he still doesn't know how this situation will end. But after he tells God how he feels and asks for help, he then prays these words of trust. He says, but I have trusted in your steadfast love and my heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And I love this because David's circumstances haven't changed as he writes these words. He still doesn't know what the outcome of his suffering will be. 
Yet he still prays, I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing because he has been good to me. And it's right there that you see the stark difference between Christian lament and all the other ways that we try to manage our stress and our fears. Yoga, ice cream, Netflix, shopping, venting, suppressing, all of those things can help us take our eyes off of our grief and our pain for a brief moment, but the pain will still be there. And what we need is not a distraction from our pain, but something to fix our eyes on that is greater than our pain and that can give us joy in the midst of the pain. And this is why David and this is why we as followers of Jesus can still sing and worship and have joy in the midst of all the craziness that's going on right now. Because we know that God is faithful. And whatever may come from the coronavirus, we know that he is with us and that he is bigger than any pandemic. Some of you say, well, how do you know that? How do you know that God's love is steadfast in a moment like this? How do you know that God saves? How do you know that God will deal bountifully with us? Well, for David at least, David was able to look back at all these moments in his life where God had been faithful. Many battles that he had won with God on his side. And he was able to trust in very specific promises that God had given him. But for us, we know something that David didn't fully yet understand. We know the faithfulness of God in the love of his son, Jesus Christ. You see, a thousand years after David wrote this psalm, a child would be born in Bethlehem. And this child knew every kind of suffering that you and I experience. He would grow up to know loneliness and poverty, and he knew the pain of death, Jesus did. Jesus knew what it was like to lose somebody he loved. Jesus wept, the scriptures say, when his friend Lazarus died. Jesus even knew the fear of death for himself. He prayed to God, his father, in the garden right before he was crucified. God, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. The Bible says that Jesus was a man of sorrows. And so what that means is that Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, can empathize with every moment of pain that you have ever experienced. That alone is good news, that the Son of God knows how you feel and that he has walked that path before and that you are not alone in whatever you're wrestling with right now. Jesus has gone before you and he's experienced that as well. But there's even better news, and that is that Jesus faced all of our worst and our, the enemies that we fear the most head on, namely death. He faced death head on. He was crucified unjustly. He hung on a wooden cross between two criminals. He died the death of a sinner. But three days later, he rose from the grave and he defeated death. And, you know, I think of the disciples all the time, what it must have felt like for them. You know, they loved Jesus. And I know that on Friday that Jesus, as he was taken off that cross and he was placed in a tomb, I wonder what the prayers of the disciples was, were like. They were probably filled with a lot of anger and sadness and what in the world and why did this happen? The worst thing that they thought could have happened, happened. The thing they feared the most became a reality. Their teacher, their friend, their Lord was killed. He was gone and they didn't know what else to do. But on the third day, when they were hiding in a locked room, grieving the pain of loss, Jesus appeared to them in his resurrected body, and he said to them, Peace be with you. 
And in that very moment, all of their sadness and fear and frustration melted away in the presence of Jesus. He defeated death. And not only that, he has promised that there is coming a day when he will return to this broken world. A world where there's, and, and he'll return to this broken world. And, and this world is full of things like coronavirus and death and loneliness and fear. But the scriptures say that he will make all things new. Jesus was resurrected, but he has promised that one day he will resurrect all things that are broken and dead in this world. And that means that any sadness or fear that we experience today is only temporary because of the power of Jesus. I've quoted Frederick Buechner the last two weeks when he says, The resurrection of Jesus means that the worst thing is never the last thing. If you're a believer in Jesus, then you can grieve. You can be sad. You can express your heart to God with all the pain and the honesty of your heart because he loves you and he cares for you like a loving father and he wants to hear what's making you sad. But in the midst of all of it, you can choose to trust God's faithfulness in the midst of it all because you know that the present troubles of this life are light and momentary when compared to the glory of Christ and the eternity with him that awaits us. This is what it means to lament. And in this season, we must learn to lament, church. To tell God the honest truth about how we feel while at the same time trusting in his goodness. See, Christians, we don't ignore or minimize the cruel realities of living in a broken world. But we do place our grief in the hands of a resurrected Christ whose every victory is our victory. I love what Aubrey Sampson writes. She says, because of the sin-atoning, death-defying, bondage-breaking, heart-healing, prisoner-emancipating, forgiveness-bringing, adoption-declaring, heaven-and-earth-meeting, new-creation-ushering, shalom-restoring, victory-winning, evil-overcoming, righteousness-gifting, spirit-filling work of the cross and the resurrection, pain and suffering will never be the end of our story. All of our laments are answered in the lament-ending love of Jesus. That's the good news for us this morning. Church, will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you for the hope of the gospel, that death has been defeated, which means we have nothing to fear. And we may be sad and we may be um, hurting right now, but we know that our sorrow may last for a moment, but joy comes in all of eternity. And so we wait for you and we trust in you. We choose to trust in you in this time. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.